At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the HHC. Winning edition for the Hornets, and a big win it was. Charlotte claiming a 122-112 to victory over the Orlando Magic. It improves the team's record to 33-34 and and puts them on the precipice of the postseason. We're going to talk about the Magic number, what lies ahead for the Hornets in this final week or so of the regular season. We'll talk about tonight's game and... There was a recent write-up in the Charlotte Observer by the great Rick Bunnell about Gordon Hayward. Uh, He got a chance to talk to Gordon about his thought process looking ahead at the remainder of the season. So we'll break that down as well. To help me on all these topics, Matt Carroll, Hornets Director of Player Programs, a 10-year NBA veteran and a Charlotte legend joins us again here on the HHC. Matt, how are you? Sam, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. All we need to do is book you, and it's an instant W. (laughs) I guess I've had some pretty good luck this year. Hopefully we can keep that going. Hopefully, hopefully. Hornets getting the win by 10 over Orlando. It was a difficult game. Magic came out and played hard, despite not having Vucevic or Fournier or Gordon from the earlier meetings in the season. The guys that remain really came out and played well. Dwayne Bacon, a career high. Cole Anthony seems to love playing Charlotte. This has been his best matchup by far all year. And yet the Hornets able to overcome and get the W. What was the key statistic, key play, key player in your mind for this win? Well, I think we got to give the Magic credit. You know, I think they came out. Steve Clifford had those guys ready to go. Uh, I was impressed with Cole Anthony. I thought he played a strong game, really had some good flashes of the potential that he has as a point guard in this league. And uh, Dwayne Bacon, anytime you have a former player come back to an old team, you got to look out because those guys want to come back and get some revenge. And Bacon had a, a heck of a game. So happy to see that for him. 
I think for our Hornets, I think the, the, the keys were LaMelo Ball and I think Terry Rozier. Those two stepped up in the clutch. LaMelo really turned it up in that second half, had that floater working, a lot of good drives to the basket. And Terrytown, man, he just steps up in the clutch in the fourth, making big shots as usual. So I think those two guys were key on the offensive end. And I'd say the other part that really impressed me was, was our bigs. I thought that Cody Zeller, I thought that Bismack Biombo both played a really strong game defensively, a lot of hustle plays and good finishes around the rim, too. Rogier gives to Biombo, back to Rogier. Rogier hands it off, Biz, for the two-handed power dunk. Beautiful dish by Terry Rogier. And Bismarck Biombo on the board early. Hornets with the five-point lead once more. Biz, his third double-double of the season, and JB credited both big men after the game. They combined to give 19 points and 18 rebounds worth of production from that center spot. The team has been hot and cold on whether they even want to play a center at times. I've always felt that there is a place for this team in the the rotation. You know, sometimes it's a matter of matchups and riding hot hands when you have it. Both those guys have been really good in spots, and uh, I've gotten into a couple heated debates with people about, you know, is, is there a better option than the guys on this team? And, you know, you look around the NBA, these guys are still contributing in a way that is on par, I'd say, with a lot of the other centers that are out there. Not everyone, I'm not saying they're Nikola Vucevic or anything, but they're able to make some solid contributions in big games like the one last night. I have to agree, and I think what's impressive about Bismack and Cody is that they're different. And I think throughout the game, they bring you something different while they're in there. I mean, Cody's a good playmaker, you know, really can get guys open, a smart screener. You know, Bismack's a rim protector, can finish strong at the rim with dump-offs. So I think, you know, depending what the matchup looks like throughout the game, it's nice to have two different options. And at the end of the night, both of them were positive on the plus-minus. Another guy to talk about, you mentioned him already, Terry Rozier. Rogier gives it to LaMelo. LaMelo trying to penetrate against Thornwell. Behind the back dribble. Passes it off to Rogier. Wing three on the way. Yes, sir. Rip the net cord. Terry Rogier drilling another Lowe's three-point shot. Terry, number one in plus-minus last night, a plus-16. And there was that moment where he went down. It looked like he'd turned an ankle or something. He was writhing on the hardwood in pain and able to persevere, get back up, and it didn't even sub out. He just kept playing despite whatever malady had befallen him out there. He is the guts, the heart and soul of this team, willing them across the finish line. He really is, and when, when Rogier went down, I, I was a little nervous, you know, because he doesn't go down very often, but he is so tough, and he's just built of, of nails and steel, and once he got back up, you knew he was going to be back in that game, and it did not slow him down one bit, but just really impressed with him all season long, just his toughness, his willingness to continue to compete, and really throw this Hornets team on the back, on his back throughout many games. Hornets with the win, 122-112. to 112. All right, I've, I've made the people wait long enough. Let's talk LaMelo. Let's first hear from JB on LaMelo. He talked about his rookie's performance, scoring 27 points despite going 0 for 7 beyond the arc. Yeah, I think that's tough for any rookie. You know, I think especially this time of year, you know, a lot of rookies are falling apart this time of year. And, you know, maybe because he was injured there for a while, he's, he's fresh now. But his consistency is one of his strengths, you know, even to your point, when he has a bad or an off night, he finds a way to come back and respond every single, every single time. So he's a resilient kid. He's a tough kid. He's a proud kid. He's a competitive kid. All that, you know, equals a very good player. So I was proud of him tonight. I thought he was really good. We're challenging on both ends of the floor. And I thought, I thought his overall game, not just his offense, but his defense was there tonight as well. 
Matt, we continue to see LaMelo kind of, you know, adjust his wrist. He talked about it after the game saying, you know, it's just a matter of keeping it warm and keeping it loose out there as much as he can. And I can't imagine having wrist surgery and then not having your shot impact in some way in terms of working your way to feeling comfortable. And so maybe there'll be hot and cold days. I don't mind the 0 for 7 from 3. I'm glad he's taking them. I'm glad he's keeping teams honest. But I'm not shocked that he was able to dominate. I mean, he has done this pretty much since like month two of the regular season, using his length and size and speed and quickness and instincts to get to the rim and to finish. And he did it again against a very good rookie point guard in Cole Anthony, uh, but one that he does have a size advantage over. Well, I think it's hard to imagine, you know, one for me, I never had an injury like that. So, and I was a reps guy, you know, I think back, you know, if I wasn't getting a couple hundred shots every day before the game, I'd go into the game feeling like, man, I'm not ready, you know, and someone like Lamella, he's such a gamer, he's such a competitor, and he's not able to do that because of the risk. It's it's not there yet, doesn't have full flexibility. They don't want him to overdo it, to injure it, you know, potentially again. So they have to monitor. They're going to cut down his reps, his work. So he's not even allowed to get that much practice when it comes to shooting distance and threes because that puts so much stress on your wrist. But for him to be in the games, regardless of what he's shooting from three, and find ways to score the basketball, whether it's floaters, whether it's mid-range, getting to the rim. Um, he just finds a way. Like JB said, he's a competitor. He's got a lot of pride. He's going to compete. He's going to give you everything he has. It looks like even a couple times he was catching passes just with his left hand. He didn't want to catch it with his right hand. So, I mean, that says a lot about just him, his willingness to always be there for his teammates no matter what, and finding a way to be in these games and produce. And I say the last thing that's been so impressive with him is, you know, his ability to finish. You know, when I think of all the guards that we've had here in Charlotte over the years, guys I used to play with, Kemba Walker, DJ Augustine, Raymond Felton, we've had some great guards that, you know, were really talented players, but nobody that could finish like LaMelo. When you watch him, he's six 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 seven. He can come off pick and rolls, rise over bigs and finish. And, and that is very rare for a point guard to have the size to finish like he does. And that's why he's able to produce even when he doesn't have the, the flexion in his, in his wrist to make threes yet. LaMelo, after the game, talked about bouncing back with this big victory. Yeah, definitely had to bounce back, like I said. I feel like growth, we took a little little step. Cause, I mean, like I said, we knew we had to win this one tonight. And that's what we did. So you know, I'm proud of everybody. LaMelo, when you ask him, you know, what his goals are, he says Hall of Fame. And, like, that's not a normal goal for a rookie. Usually rookies are just gotten done with the lifetime achievement of making the NBA period. But LaMelo, he's a different cat. And it's almost as if all of this is as was scripted in his mind and and just as it's supposed to be. Like, he doesn't realize rookies are not supposed to have this kind of impact on a franchise in their first year. Different is appropriate for LaMelo. He, he is not your average, your normal rookie. To be talking about the Hall of Fame as a rookie is, is unheard of, you know. So that just shows you his mentality. That shows you how he was raised. That shows you how he was thinking before he even got in the league. And at 19 years old, more impressive than maybe what he's doing on the court, and maybe physically, but mentally, to, to just have the confidence to actually say those words as a rookie tells you a lot about who he is and how he's built. The last player I want to bring up with you, Matt, is P.J. Washington, who has been on really a tear lately. Last seven games, he's averaging over 20 per game, and he's done it all while expecting his first child to be born, then staying up late, I'm sure, you know, as any new father does, when the child arrives, and then just goes right back on the floor and continues to put up stats. I mean, 
this is one of the more impressive runs of his career, if not the most impressive run. And when you consider everything he's going through, positive stuff. Now, I'm not saying there's anything negative about it. It's all positive, but it doesn't mean it's not potentially going to affect you as a player on the floor. Well, I have to say this. I mean, you know, congratulations to, to PJ on his newborn son. I mean, that's, you know, a little more important than, than winning a game or scoring 28 in a game. So, so I know how excited after talking with him he is about being a father. So he's got a lot of a lot of exciting days ahead of him. But, you know, regarding his play, he, he's been fantastic. You know, I think the, the last, would you say, seven some games, he has just, he's been, in my eyes, the difference maker. When he's played well, the Hornets team has had a good chance to win games. And when he's trailing and knocking down big three, when he's catching in the post and finishing at the rim, when he's rebounded, he's been super. He really has. And I think this Hornets team really has their best chance at winning games when P.J. steps in and has games when he's scoring 20 to 30 points and doing everything he's capable of. He did, as asked last night, 23 points, 9 rebounds, very close to another double-double, but a big win for the Hornets with him being one of the main proponents for that offensive effort, 122-112, to 112, the final team. Now 33-34, and 34, they are one win or Bulls loss away from officially clinching a postseason spot. We're going to talk more about magic numbers in a little bit. Coming up next, though, the longer this season goes, the more of a possibility it becomes that Gordon Hayward could return and his impact has been immeasurable this season he had a big write-up in the charlotte observer rick bonnell good conversation with gordon it seems and we're going to give you some of our insights on that next here on the hornets Hivecast. hornets fans the buzz is building for season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season call 704 hornets or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative Lock in your price today. Sam Farber and Matt Carroll here with you on the HHC. Matt, the 10-year NBA veteran and the Hornets director of player programs. Matt, Gordon Hayward has been absent now for 19 games dealing with this foot sprain. It has been a tough road for the Hornets not having him out there. They have been able to survive going 8-11 and 11 in his absence, but obviously with that record, that means they were above 500 before he went down. There's been you know, very little said about him until about a week ago when we got word that he was out of the walking boot and would start to do you know, some more weight-bearing activities. Nothing close to saying he would come back. There is no timeline. I'm not trying to set one here. But Gordon did give some indications in the Observer article that came out in the last 48 hours. One of the quotes, I'm optimistic and hopeful that I will play, but it's hard to put a timeline on this type of injury. You, I'm sure, have had a number of injuries throughout your playing career. What is your insight from you know what you hear there in that quote and what you've seen from Gordon Hayward personally so far during his rehab? Well, I'll say this. It sounds like Gordon's making progress. And just, you know, being around and and talking to him, he definitely is. The boot is off. So that's great. I think that the challenge is just when is the right time? You know, when you miss 19, 20 games, and it's not like Gordon's been practicing. So 
he's not just going to come in now if he gets cleared tomorrow and, and be back to the playing shape and, and status that he was when he was, you know, before he got injured. It's going to take a few weeks to kind of get back into that kind of shape once he is cleared. And, you know, the negative is he's not cleared yet. You know, he still has some time to go. But I know how bad Gordon Hayward wants to come back. He's told me personally he just – it's killing him sitting there and just being such a big part of this team all season long before the injury – so, you know, I can't imagine how hard it is for him to sit there and watch and not be able to play. So I think he's doing everything he can to, to get there. I know he's been spending a ton of time, obviously, with the trainers. He's a ton of time in the weight room, doing everything he can besides playing. So he's doing what he has to do. Fingers are crossed that, hey, maybe he progresses a little further, gets clearance, and he can get back for hopefully the playoffs or around then. But I think the, the reality is it's, it's coming up quick. You know, so you know the end of season is coming here. We're, we're not far away, so he doesn't have a ton of time. But I know in the back of his head, he's not giving up, and he's hoping that eventually he will come back this season. Yeah, the other quote kind of to that point from the article that stood out to me, he said, quote, it's frustrating as a player. If it's something you can play through, then you figure a way to get out there. That's not what this is. He's such an incredible talent and has such an impact on this team. In the games he has missed this season, this injury and some of the other injuries, that have crept up throughout the season. When Gordon plays, the Hornets are 24 and 19. They're five games over 500. So, you know, you extrapolate that throughout the season, the Hornets would be, in theory, I would say competing for maybe the four seed if he's healthy the entire year. That's probably the company they're keeping right now. They're neck and neck with the New York Knicks for that number four spot. When he's not out there, even with this win last night, they're 9-15, and 15. so his impact is immeasurable. The longer they play, the more likely it is that he can come in. I think that the real make-or-break point for me, if I'm just you know looking at this from a pure, like, when is the, the best time to get him back in terms of the most impact he can have, it's got to be the play-in, I would think, because that's the opportunity to extend the season to ensure that the young guys like LaMelo Ball and P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges have the most opportunity for playoff experience. If Gordon can't play or, you know, is limited in those playoff games, you know, the Hornets are going to be a heavy underdog against whoever it is. Gordon Hayward being out there isn't going to change that much this year, next year, and beyond, hopefully he will. But just getting the young guys into that position would be invaluable. It definitely would. I would say, you know, going back to your comment, before Gordon Hayward got hurt, the Hornets were in fourth place. So I think that is legit to think that they'd be battling if he stayed healthy for the fourth or fifth spot at the very least in the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, I mean, he is so important to this team. The team obviously is at their best when Gordon's healthy and, and playing at the level that he can. But, yeah, I think the playing game is, is probably the best-case scenario. But there's just a lot of what-ifs, right? And as I mentioned before, you know, it's not just like he's been able to run or, you know, with LaMelo, when he hurt his wrist, LaMelo was able to, to run and he could work out and he could dribble with his left hand. He could shoot with his left hand. He could do sprints. Gordon hasn't been able to run at all through these 20 games, you know. So you can imagine the kind of shape and conditioning you are towards the end of the season. And when you get to the playoffs, you're at your all-time best shape of the season because you've been doing it for, you know, seven months. So, I think for him to think that he's going to come in and just be the player he was, we all know that's probably not going to happen. But, you know, could he give the Hornets something if he's cleared? For sure. 
you know, but I think it'd be really hard to get back to where he was in just a short span of time. No doubt about it. One last thought here on what the impact of Gordon Hayward could be, because I think we're all in agreement. It's his long-term future for this team is clearly more important than any contribution he may or may not be able to make this postseason run. But if he's able to play a full season next year, I think expectations are going to be a lot different. Obviously, the Hornets are not going to be expected to win, you know, a third of their games like some of the experts had them pegged for this year. Look, depending on what Charlotte does in the offseason, who else decides they want to play here, who else is drafted, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to say that the Hornets would be in that conversation of that next group and maybe at the top of that next group behind Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn because if Gordon is healthy, that's exactly, like you said, that's exactly where they were. That's exactly where we think they would be. And while there's other very talented teams like Boston and Atlanta and the Knicks have shown a lot, Miami, of course, I don't think there's any reason to think that the Hornets can't play with any of them if they're at their full strength, especially with another year under the belt of guys like Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington and, of course, LaMelo Ball. Well, I don't think it's crazy to say that you look at this Hornets team and as far as the players, the young talent on this team has progressed and developed as well as any young group of players in the NBA. We're talking Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier. You have one of the star rookies, LaMelo Ball, Malik Monk, P.J. Washington, I mean, let's listen, Gordon, I mean, the list goes on, we can name them all, but even the guys that no one talks about, you know, I mean, Jalen McDaniels, you know, there's players, the, the Martin brothers, everybody's gotten better, everybody's developed, and you want to look into next season where all these guys get another offseason under their belt to work with the Hornets coaching staff and continue to develop, I, I don't think you're far off from saying they should be, their, their goal is top four in the East for sure, absolutely. Big goals for next season. Big prizes still ahead for this one as the Hornets trying to continue to develop and uh, make their way to the postseason. We're going to talk magic numbers next with Matt Carroll, Hornets Director of Player Programs, after this on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Sam Farber and Matt Carroll, Hornets Director of Player Programs, as well as a 10-year NBA veteran. Matt, the magic number for the Hornets is down to one to cement their postseason position. That means tomorrow, on Mother's Day, if the Hornets win, they're in. If the Bulls lose, they're in. They are at the precipice here. Five games left. I feel pretty confident that either Charlotte's going to win one or Chicago will lose one along the way. But that fun of making it official, you've been to the postseason a couple of times in your playing career. What is clinch day like? Is it like Major League Baseball where they're playing 162 and that day that they they know they're making the postseason, it's a party in the clubhouse? What is it like in an NBA locker room to make the, at that point, the top eight and go into the postseason? Well, number one, it's exciting. You know, because the goal of every team when you start the season is to make the playoffs and play in the playoffs. So it's exciting. It's a bit of a relief to know that, hey, man, we made it. So now we can start really focusing on the playoffs and, you know, what's going to happen in there, who might be our matchups and looking forward to it. So I think more than anything, it's exciting. And it's a sense of accomplishment that, hey, this season we came in, our goal was to make the playoffs and we accomplished that. So you get a little satisfaction from there, but you're not satisfied because you want to make a run in the playoffs and, and know the next step is pretty close and it's time to get to work there too. The next step after they clinch their postseason spot is to try and stay in that 7-8 
game position because there is such a huge advantage, or at least we think there is, to being in the 7-8 and only having to win one out of two games to make the final bracket versus being in the 9-10 game and having to sweep those two. And with all the health issues the Hornets have been through, all the uncertainty ahead, one out of two sounds an awful lot better. For them to reach that point, the magic number is four, and the team to keep down is Indiana. You look at the Pacers' remaining schedule, yes, they have a game against Cleveland, and they've got one against Toronto to end the year that who knows how motivated the Raptors will be at that stage. But their other games versus Washington today, they're going to play Philadelphia, they're going to play Milwaukee, they're going to play the Lakers, who are likely going to be fighting to stay out of the play-in tournament themselves, they've got some really tough games. There might be four losses right there in that group we just said. Yeah, I would say uh, 100%. You know, looking at this team, you know, you want to match. It, it, this is a fun time of year when you get a chance to kind of see what everyone's doing. You, you're banking on teams losing and who's winning, who's losing. So, you know, as players in a locker room, you know, you're watching the, the game tonight between the Bulls and the Celtics and <laughs> hoping the Bulls are going to lose. And it's just a lot of fun, you know. So I think when you kind of see those matchups, you see those numbers, it's fun for the players, for the coaches, and obviously all the fans uh, of the Hornets. The last one for you, Matt, the sixth seed, the idea of getting out of the play-in tournament and into the, the bracket, you know, right from the get-go. It's not gone. The tragic number is two. But it's very unlikely. Basically, the Hornets have to win out and get a lot of help from Miami or Boston. My question to you is with this young team and wanting to have postseason success, you know, winning a play-in tournament game, just general postseason success, could it almost be better to play in the play-in tournament and maybe have an easier shot at wins before taking on a Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, whoever it might be, instead of the alternative, the old way, just going straight into one of those matchups where the Hornets would be a heavy underdog in all of the games. Yeah, I think in a way it could be an advantage. I mean, one, you're already getting a playoff game or two under your belt. So you're coming in, you know, feeling confident. And that first game or two is always hard. And when you get this two under your belt, you're going in there with some confidence. You're like, hey, we can do this. We got some momentum. So, yeah, this has never happened before in the NBA. But I would look at if you win two games in the playing game scenario, then, hey, you're coming in there with some confidence, some momentum, and it could be an advantage. Well, Charlotte will take some momentum into Mother's Day. They're coming off a 122 to 112 win. And it'll be quite the Mother's Day in the Ball family because it'll be LaMelo versus Lonzo, part two, with the opportunity for LaMelo to earn his first ever postseason trip with a win. I'm sure it'll be a special day in the Ball family. It'll be a special day in all families. Matt, make sure you get your wife something nice because I think you got to go to work on Mother's Day too. <laughs> you got that right. So do you. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Matt Carroll, Hornets Director of Player Programs, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you, Matt, as always for joining us. And hey, hopefully next time we talk, it'll be uh, playoff or play-in games. We'll have something even more at stake here on the HHC. Sounds good. I hope so. Thanks, Sam. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Tomorrow we will have our preview podcast, getting you ready for that Mother's Day matchup, Hornets versus the Pelicans. Tickets are still available, by the way, for each of the last three games on the Hornets schedule. Just go to Hornets.com for all the latest. Till next time, for everyone here on the HHC, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us today. And in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.